What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, behave! Much like the PGA, John, back to a full podcast schedule this week. Although I think we had, did we have one last week? We might have. Uh, yeah, we did, we did three pods. You know, David Shaw ended the week. That's right. Yeah, we did. We did three pods. That was good. We, we were got, active. Got a lot of good feedback on David Shaw. No surprise. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. shocker. He's a good interview. We, we, I, we got some feelers out, some other people. Uh, we've done what two interviews in the last month it's usually uh not many interviews on our pod so no you know if we've got an interview hot right big. now we're hot we are hot. papa david shaw had another had another white whale we've been chasing who's avoided and then you know times things get weird you know so it's just it's hard to you know just corral everybody right now i'd say one of the white whales uh we feel pretty good about once things get back to some semblance of normal yeah I just, I'm just, yeah. I mean, texting with Jordan the other day, I think was got a chance. <laughs> Farmer, <laughs> exactly. Uh, also, uh, big week. That'd be the- pretty cool. Like, yeah, just a podcast coming up this week. Uh, Michael Jordan, uh, and we'll break down the 49ers' uh, first four games <laughs> with MJ, <laughs> with Michael. Michael, just M- Michael, explain your disappointment in Harold Varner. Harold Varner does look pretty cool in those outfits. You know, he the, the shoes are sweet. He gets sweaty. You texted me. God, you see his chew, and then I just started noticing. People started tweeting about Massive it. Massive chew. Huge chews, man. I, I'm talking, I'd say Lincecum used to be a sneaky big chew guy after he pitched. Like yeah. some baseball pitchers after they pitch. Yeah. Samarja Bumgarner, he's up there. Like It's like he just went seven, and, he, and he's off. He just puts it in. Spits are huge. It's crazy. Yeah. No, Harold Varner's got some big dips. Some big old Huge. double lipper uppers. Um, did you notice, by the way, we're not going to start with PGA, but did you notice every single time they showed Bryson DeChambeau? And you sent me a thing, the ratings for, we haven't seen, we're recording this on Sunday, so we haven't seen Sunday's ratings yet, but Saturday's ratings, what was the stat you sent? The, the biggest third round? I think it's the big, yeah, biggest third round in the tournament's history, right? Now, relative, it's the number isn't, like, that huge, but it does show you. I mean, people, <laughs> nothing to watch. Uh, if you just get back on television, hint, hint, there are some people on couches and some eyeballs to be had. Yeah. It's, up, it's up not that complicated of a strategy right now. So Up 50%. From last year. I think year. it was the highest, the highest in the 15 years uh, of the tournament. Yep, that's correct, yeah. So For the last 15 years of the tournament, because I think the tournament's been going around a long, a while. Pretty great. Did you see the house that had to put up their own bleachers in the backyard? Like it's Wrigley Field? I did. That's, that's pretty cool. So good. That's a huge benefit of living on a tournament, you know, that has PGA events. Right. Because even if they did have, the bleachers would have been there 
whether they were fans or not, right? They still would have chilled at the house and partied. Well, it's a it's a nice obviously it's a nice house, but it's uh some some places are too nice, right? Like Pebble, you there aren't people don't hang out in their backyards because it's like, you know, Jaleco. Like he doesn't need the traffic. He's gonna he will stay away from Pebble Beach the week of a major championship there, right? One hundred percent. We walked the course last year during the was that Friday we went, day two? Yeah, and there's nobody's in their yards. They're staying away. Well, people were point. People remember people were showing us. Oh, that's Lakeup's fifteen million dollar house. Yeah, that's Zuckerberg seventeen. That was Steve Jobs, and then he sold it to uh, the York family. I like the, the one that was like Gene Hackman owned that one. I'm like, oh, that's a good spot, Gene. <laughs> yeah. Eastwood owns this entire hole. Yeah, this is all Eastwood. <laughs> there's there's Jim Nance's grotto up there. <laughs> so uh, good good week for the advertisers as well. We're hammering it. Uh, hammering it, hammering it. There's going to be another DraftKings game, but that's not the primary thing. The primary thing is you download the DraftKings app and you use the promo code HAM. Dra- download the app, promo code HAM. DraftKings, app, Key. HAM. HAM app. Prom- promo code HAM. I-, I did it for someone on Saturday. It's really easy right when you sign up. HAM. Optional promo code. And then also our friends at mybookie.ag. Gambling is back. I just lost $100 on Gary Woodland, who shit the bed down the stretch. But uh, no ill will. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. DraftKings is HAM. MyBookie, my yes. H-A-M, one, the number one. Uh, so four, two, three letters and a number. And it, you can decline the bonus because they will give you a bonus. You have to bet the bonus before you cash out. So you can decline the bonus and then you can cash out whenever you want. Yeah. Again, Gary Woodland, I don't appreciate your effort today. <laughs> I tweeted that I loved... Bryson DeChambeau at Harding Park for a few reasons we'll get into when we talk about that. And someone tweeted at me, that'll be a good bet until Middlecoff likes it, kiss of death. I didn't realize yeah. that you would kiss of death Gary Woodland today. I like that pick, too. It's a good pick. Yeah, I, yeah, I could tell pretty early he was spraying it all over. You you know, gambling, unlike football, where you th- can be out of it or even basketball, things change really quick, right? You're like, oh, all of a sudden they hit three threes in the third quarter or uh, a crazy interception from like Tom Brady and you're right back in a game. In golf, it's like, yeah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> like it's like three straight holes hitting in the trees. You're like, oh my god. Then you just start thinking, do I bet then on someone else? Live betting because right. my bookie has live betting. And as any gambler will tell you, that is typically a bad idea. Because also golf. When you say golf, in theory, you're like, we'll just ride the hot hand. Well, every all it takes is one shot. You know, it can change. Like all of a sudden, it was like Jordan Spieth. Uh, this is his fourth shot from the middle of the fairway. He hit his first one out of bounds. You know, you're like, oh, you know, you never know. Uh, also, also want to mention John LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com slash ham. LinkedIn is offering free job posts for healthcare and essential service organizations. So LinkedIn.com slash ham uh, as well. Post Doing good work. Doing good work. All right. So you let, let's be transparent. We were Major League Baseball is a big story right now. The NBA is a big story right now. We the beauty of a podcast is no one gets to tell us what to talk about. But you and I both had this conversation like we know these are big stories, but they're exhausting. They're not fun. Any everybody listening is worn out by these two leagues right now. I don't we don't want to torture anybody. If I heard just a breakdown of this and I read some article I've read a lot of the articles. You have too. We're up to date on it, but it's just like you don't come to us to be just exhausted by the same shit you hear every day. Um, so if you want to add anything to that, you can, but the point is we are talking, this is the question. Choose one. Only one gets to come back. Major league baseball, the NBA this season, it's up to commissioner Middlecoff of, of just earth. You, you are sports commissioner of earth. You say one of you is banished. One of you comes back. Who do you choose and why? Well, to piggyback off what you said, one thing baseball, who I think had lost a lot of national relevance. Now, you could argue the NBA had you know had been dipping ratings or whatever. But baseball, this had this period, this little landing strip, and you realize it with golf, like they could have just like, oh, damn, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, tonight, right? Sunday night baseball in a 75-game season. It could have been just humming, and it would have been cool. Uh, it, so it just sucks. I, I think wherever you stand, the money, the issues – I. We all root for the same thing. It's just the sports to be played. And right now, these sports feel farther away than they even did like mid-corona, which is crazy. 
part of it is just the daily stories, the daily leaks. It's just kind of a shitty deal. But if I had to choose one of the two to come back, to me, guy, just the playoffs, the NBA had played the majority of their season. We had a good idea. Right before they shut down, listen, say what you want about the guy, and sometimes the stories can be a little exhausting with LeBron. He was like flipping a switch to, is he going to make a comeback to win the MVP? Is he going to lead the Lakers to a championship? And he had just, remember, beat Giannis like on that Sunday. They had played on, you know, on Sunday afternoon. And he was just, I just remember sitting on my couch three months ago, right, right outside of this office thinking, Jesus freaking Christ, LeBron looks incredible right now. I mean, it was just, it was like throwback Miami Heat LeBron. And it just, I, I, it sucks, and he's got to be just like, God, this was an unreal chance for me to win a championship. So I, I, I think just basketball coming back, because the playoffs would essentially, whether they played those last eight games, however they figure it out, they just would have played the playoffs. That's why LeBron the wants playoffs, to play this playoffs. thing. Right? Yeah, or Giannis, or even the Clippers. To me, there were like three teams that you had to think, like, we can win the NBA. Like, the Clippers, the Lakers, and Giannis were walking into the building every day thinking, like, this is our year to get a ring, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and they, I, they've I, played so much season that it would be legitimate. Like, a baseball season that plays 48 games, whoever wins that World Series, I would view as a bit of an illegitimate champion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because ba- the point – it's like it's like – it's like running a you know, marathon. You know the national. You know the national. The Nationals were under 500 at the 50 game mark last year. Remember, they were terrible. Yeah. Well, it'd be like running a marathon eight miles. It'd be like won the marathon. It's like nah, you run. You you won a 12k or whatever eight miles is. Right. It's not a marathon. Yeah. Baseball is a marathon. That said, I would choose baseball. And the reason I would choose baseball is because I watched. I saw this NBA season. Eh, I mean, I was lukewarm on it. <laughs> like I already got to see most of it. Cool, hey, guy, the, 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 like the country basketball. raises their hands. The country raises their yeah, hands. Yeah, so agree with you. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be my problem that the Rockies, when they win the championship in 2020, would be viewed as an illegitimate champion. That's their issue to deal with. They'd say, screw you guys, we got a trophy. To me, a 50-game baseball season, while illegitimate and a joke and uh, a result of the fact that Major League Baseball and the owners just refuse to find a way to work together, and they have for years and years and years and years, um, it would still be wild. It'd be like starting a baseball season in August. And again, even though it would be illegitimate, I would enjoy the urgency that 50 games and and the craziness that it would bring, right? Just like teams who you're like, why are they here? Or how was somebody not here? Hell, the Astros might win the thing again. I don't know, but I think it would just be so unlike anything we've ever seen. From the sport, which just doesn't, this is it's just the antithesis of everything baseball is, right? Short, compressed amount of time, speed it up, speed it up, race to the finish. That to me would be such a unique sporting experience versus the NBA, which I already watched most of their season. I haven't seen baseball in forever. You, you know the scary thing for baseball, and I it, it's crossed my mind. What if it went really well, right? And it was just electric. It was fun. The ratings were through the roof. I mean, some of their major markets like the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Yankees, I mean, we're just pulling like 15s. It would spark a conversation that would be unhealthy from the owner's standpoint in the sense of, guys, this 162 thing, it's got to go. Right. Because the money that is generated out television, you go, guys, the money you could make up if you go, let's say 50 is not realistic, but big picture, could we maybe make it 90? Or just something, just cut off a dramatic amount and just create incredible amounts of urgency. Own the summer. Basketball has been coming back to you a little bit anyway. Maybe you could take a huge jump. And that's what I think the, the, the worst part about this whole deal with the baseball stuff is you read the numbers and you just, like, I, I'm not on either side. You know, it's not like I'm rooting for the owners to get more money in their pocket. Just like I, I don't want the players to necessarily get screwed over. It just feels like they, it got contentious really, really quick. And I, I think the thing, unlike the NBA, which just kind of slow played it, I'm not the biggest Adam Silver guy, but he tried to be proactive, get this bubble. I, I give him credit for attempting to do that. Like I, I, 
baseball got really, really aggressive really fast. Like they put this thing in March and it's completely backfired, guys. Yeah. If they could if they if there's anything that they could over redo in the last like decade, they would in a heartbeat, right, redo them negotiating a deal right when this thing started because they can't get anything done because they agreed to these parameters. And in fairness to the players, like they did agree to it. So I they do have a you know a, a place to stand, right? right? They're not crazy whether you agree that they should be more open minded or not. And then and then it leaks that Turner's about to do a billion dollar deal with Major League Baseball. Which keep again, that's Turner is they're not doing they're not paying a billion bucks for the World Series. They're just paying to keep doing the LCS, which they don't do both of them, they do one. You know an underrated story that we don't talk about because it got finished? There was a chance that if the football players would have been more aggressive, remember, because it kind of felt like it got contentious, but it never got that contentious. And then overall, they just signed off on the deal because the the new money for the majority of the working class, remember, is like the the veteran minimum or the rookie minimum in the NFL goes up like a hundred grand every year, and that's the majority of the players that make under a million dollars in the league. And it was just too much for them to to not sign. Yeah, you imagine if they hadn't got it done and it was gonna like, gonna go into the season. With the with everything that who knows this fall, it could get weird. Money lost. The NFL at least can just take a deep breath. That whatever happens this fall, they're just under contract moving forward. There's labor peace, right? Because it does feel like in basketball and baseball, just like in any industry, the last couple months of just unrest, right? Financial unknown. And it's not like the NFL doesn't have financial unknown, but at least they're just under contract and they can just operate. And there's an element of, I wouldn't say luck because they just, the owners have leverage on their side in football, unlike the other two sports. But there was an element of just, you had no clue what was coming a month away. Cause remember the deal basically got done right around the combine. Yeah. And who knows? My, uh, my Davis senior high school yearbook quote was always lay your clothes out the night before. Doesn't, really mean anything i just i thought it sounded stupid but also wise but it does mean something right it just means be prepared and i thought you were gonna go with get rich or die trying get, uh that would have been that was i think that album came out in like oh, 2003 so that that would have worked actually yep uh yeah also yeah but i also could have picked something stupid that came out around those years as well like it's getting hot in here or something um yeah. <laughs> But hungry dogs eat first. But like, or, yeah, the, the, yeah and, and, you know, I, I think uh, like local mechanics get hit pretty hard right before summer breaks begins. Everyone's about to go on a trip and they need oil changes and tire pressures and rotations and fluids and cabin filters. And right now it's like the NFL has their cars in great shape. They don't know exactly when it's, they're going to have to go start it up, but they've got a new battery in it. They're ready to roll baseball. It's like they didn't consider any of this stuff was going to happen. We're three weeks late. They were supposed to leave for this trip three weeks ago, and their car needs new axles, new brake pads, new new everything. And they're just not – they just don't have their house in order right now. They have not laid their clothes out the night before. They got a bunch of clothes in the dirty laundry and no underwear, and it's just a mess. And the NBA the is – When's the last time you've laid your clothes out the night before? I never do it. No. <laughs> This would be a big thing with my my dad when I was young. Oh, really? Clothes. Yeah, it's like, smart. Oh it does. God, if there's something Steve Jobs, just efficiency, you don't even have to think about it. It's really true. It is very true. To me, there's more to the the truth of just wearing the same outfit every day than there is laying it out. Because I would lay out things that he wouldn't want me to wear. And it would just create more. Or the next morning, you'd be like, problems. "Why did I pick that? That's, that doesn't feel like yeah, what I want to wear today." That sucks. Why would I ever wear a green American Eagle polo shirt? Um. Wow. So yeah, man, it's a it's it's a it's a mess. It's a mess. But can, can I? But uh, I was just gonna say this real quick on on the like on cutting the ninety games. The problem with that is the average local rating for a team is basically a three, right? Like the Rockies did a three two, Tampa's a three, Seattle's a three. This might be a couple years old, but like generally, no. This is in nineteen. These were the ratings. Atlanta's a three eight nine. This is the middle of the pack baseball ratings. Giants were bad. They still did a 2-7, 2-5 for Washington. You just roll out 162 threes, not to mention yeah. even a half-full stadium. There's just so much it, money. It, it's a money generator for a lot of people. Sorry, we're, we're, nah, what were you going to say? Well, I liked your analogy about the car because I found this out now for the second time. When the heat wave rolls in, you know what? Companies get 
just over overbooked, have an unlimited amount of calls the next day is people that's ACs don't work. And then you're just waiting for a part to come in that was supposed to come a week ago and it's really hot in your house. Supposed to come tomorrow, yeah. And there's not even a guarantee that it'll work. But, you know, when the first heat wave comes and your AC breaks, it's just you got to be prepared that you're going to have to call 17 different companies and hope one can show up in the next week. So in 2021, what do you... You're gonna have you're gonna turn on the AC like a month before you need to just to give it a couple dry runs. Not, not a terrible idea. Kind of like lay, laying your clothes out before. What would Bill Belichick tell you? You're a moron if you don't double check the AC or just run it consistently for two days. Let's say late March, just trial run. Right. You you, you don't start the season without doing some full on scrimmages. Right. So you could argue I'm the idiot for running it full go for like. 48 straight hours when the heat wave started and then it goes out. I could have avoided this problem pretty easily. Yeah, if you were a trainer. There is something to be said back to your lay the clothes out the day before. Just be ahead of be ahead of it, right? And the NFL was this is back to the NFL. They were the owners were very very proactive at trying to get that thing done cuz remember a decade ago the visual the visuals of Robert Kraft and Jeff Saturday it was like god it was going on forever. I was part of it. I, I remember like being in the lockout, like when when do I have to fly back to Philly? No one really knew what was going on. They wanted to avoid that at all costs. And I think baseball and basketball, baseball more than basketball, they just this is just a lot of unknown, a lot of animosity, and it's just kind of sad because as we saw this weekend with golf, like I, I think both sports, if somehow they would have been able to get on TV in June, uh, it, it would have done really, really well for the most important part for any business now that's in the uh, – in the media sector, and it's being on television. You know, yeah. no, the faster it, you get on TV, the faster you make money. That's a good point. Baseball, they only reach agreements when they have to, and the rest of the time they have a shitty working relationship. And so now, when you have to work together because everything gets screwed up on a tight schedule, you can't do it. Yeah, that's it's it's a sad deal. I I do think whenever they do come back, you could get some pretty outrageous comments from players that, and like you've always said their heart would be in the right, like they're standing up for what they believe in. They think they're getting screwed and they may very well be, but it could be some comments. Like the one thing the owners don't do talk is really talk openly about money. They don't talk at all, but they never talk about like profits or whatever. Players are just going to be in a position where they're going to end up staying stupid shit. And it's why I, I think you've tweeted this and definitely said it before. They always look bad. They, they just, the, the players always end up looking bad, even though they're actually representative of most people, right? Right. They're the working class in any industry. Now, they make a lot more money, but they always end up saying something. No one feels bad when the union leader of the construction company that's making eighty-five grand is beating the table. Whether he's right or wrong, standing up, it's just a little different when your guy pounding the table. You're like, didn't he sign like a $180 million contract last year? And he's telling me about the fucked up business practices? Like, this doesn't even make sense. Humans just can't relate to that. No. And that's where I think the media and former players like on Twitter struggle with sometimes. Like it's a lose-lose proposition. It was back when Patrick Ewing says, we make a lot of money, but we spend a lot of money too. Uh, those type comments are just, hard to avoid, right? Uh, I saw someone tweet out when he made, who was the guy? It wasn't Chris Archer. Who was the race? Blake Snell. Yeah. The house, like he was playing Twitch from his house, and then someone just tweeted out his pad in Florida. I mean, it's badass, right? It just, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, his neighbors are like Shaq and like Tigers, like down the road. He's, and they're like, oh, and by the way, he's owed 39 million left on the deal. It's like, yeah, you just, even if you're right, people are going to talk a lot of shit about your comments. Right. Yeah. And the other hard part is we don't really know how much baseball owners make. So it makes them hard to argue about. Right. They have. I, I, it does feel like I've just seen some headlines over the last month. A couple people have come out. The Cardinals, was it the Red Sox? Just like, hey, guys, this is not, you know, uh, Apple over here. Okay, guys? We're, yeah. we're living paycheck to paycheck. Well, And then someone, like, tweets the Cardinals, bought every piece of real estate around the facility. It's like, guys, it was It was Ricketts. It, yeah, DeWitt. I forget his first name. The Cardinals owner. And then Ricketts, the Cubs owner. Same deal. It's not a profitable industry, basically, is what they're saying. So why'd you buy it? 
yeah, you business just, person. This is where you give you whatever you want to think about them. Uh, the dude that owns the A's, I'd say the Giants for the most part. You couldn't pay those guys to talk. They're they're just not going to talk about money because you're just going to lose in the court of public opinion every time. And this is the where the players I think sometimes historically I'd say in any sport right they get passionate about something and they view themselves as like just they're the employee. It's like yeah you maybe what you're saying is correct, but pe- we all know what how much money you make. So it's just it's the message can get lost. When it's like, yeah, it's like, bro, you're talking about how, like, you know, this sucks and you're getting screwed and you're worth $100 million. It's just, you, you yeah. could be right. It just so Ricketts, doesn't resonate with the, the comic The Ricketts fans. family is Ameritrade. I think they started Ameritrade. <laughs> and then DeWitt, the owner of the Cub, uh, the owner of the Cardinals, I'm just reading, John, bought the team from Anheuser-Busch in 1995 for $150 million. The Cardinals. The Cardinals, 150, 25 years if ago. You had to, if you had to guess, if they just put Cardinals open bidding market, would they get one of the most, half billion? What'd you say? I think more. I said 2.5 billion. Yeah. Maybe now it dropped back to 1.9, but yeah, 2 billion, give or take. I because mean, I'd one, say most people act like the Yankees are worth five. And you're right, the Cardinals, you, I mean, are they like a top three franchise they, you'd want when it yeah, comes to just they money? Sell out for or, history, huge Midwestern following. Due to their history, honestly, when I when I said two and a half, that actually feels a little low. No, I don't think it is. I I mean, it's still Unle- uh, uh, if if I guess it given that like the he- the health of the sport moving forward, if the sport was just healthy and rolling, you probably get some. So maybe rich someone would just say, you know what, back. this is one of the flagship franchises of the sport. Two and a half. There's a bidding war. Here's you know, cash. it's they are because of radio. They have. One of the they have one of the strongest strongholds on a market size that isn't just their market. People come from all over all over for Cardinal games because once upon a time, those people's parents and grandparents the only games they could hear were Cardinal fans, even if they lived in like Alabama. Have you been to there for a game? Uh yes, I have a couple times. Cool, awesome. Yeah, sweet, really awesome. Yeah, oh, because that was always the pushback on. The Rams, right? And it was just, it's one of the rare markets where it's just like, this is a true, you're always number two. Now, granted, the Rams had moved there, right? It's not like they had started there. Yeah. But it was not really a contest. Like, you could say, when the Giants are humming, it's Giants, the Niners, whatever. But it's like, yeah, it's like both of them huge. Yankees, New York Giants. Like, even if it's like a Yankee town, the New York Giants would be like, yeah, you see us when we're good? You know, it's just the, the Red Sox, the Patriots, whatever. I don't think the Cardinals, St. Louis is one of the rare markets where it's like, yeah, it's always a Cardinal town, no matter what. No matter what. Greatest show on turf? Yeah, I mean, Albert Pujols, you heard of him? Tony La Russa, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, anything else on they, this? They were actually going to be pretty good. No, it's just uh, I, I, I would probably go basketball, but you, I would be very interested. And if you told me we, just the 50-game baseball season, I do think will still be really cool, even though it's not – that's not really the way the sports played. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. It, it manipulates the, the the outcome of what I mean. The, the, the Giants remember had a stretch last year in a fifty game stretch where they were like one of the hottest teams in baseball. Like it just it doesn't necessarily reflect how good you are. That's not. It, it'd be the equivalent, right, of fifty. You know, five game stretch in the NFL. You know, you it's go third, for one, yeah, one, I mean, it's be a the third of the team. schedule basically. Yeah. So maybe you'd be like six, but um, yeah, maybe it would be five. Yeah, five. Did, did five, you five and a half? Did you feel like the uh, golf broadcast was like taking shots at sneaky shots at Bryson the whole four rounds? Like everything, uh, like oh, here's big, here's big Bryson, here's souped up Bryson, here's I, buff I, Bry- I, Bryson. Or I they feel being- when you do something, when you do something really different. It's really kind of counter, and he already was. I felt counter to the sport, right? Totally. He was just this nerd, weird swing. Uh, all of his clubs are the same length. Like he kind of just became famous with casual sports fans that don't even watch golf. Like, who's this guy? What's his deal? He he, he scientifically calculates everything. I saw someone took a picture today on the putting green before he, t- you know, when he's practicing. 
He had like these speaker things, but I think it's like an air to manipulate the wind. I mean, he just does outrageous shit. And then, guy, he goes into quarantine and adds drinking five protein shakes on top of his meals a day adds like 30 pounds of, of muscle. But it's not even just that. The highlights of him swinging the driver look like fucking Barry Bonds from the right side. Like the way his feet go, his body, he's swinging out of his... He couldn't be swinging, humanly possible to swing any harder. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like you watch Kepka or some of these guys, Rory, they swing really hard, but it doesn't feel like... It, it's like he's humanly he couldn't move any faster, and he's maximized. Saw some a bunch of people just typing his name to Twitter. They do like the side by sides because in college it looked like he weighed 170 pounds to what he is now, and then it'll be a picture of like Barry in a pirate uniform, and then Barry with like O2. I saw a lot of that type of stuff. He just kind of became uh, famous for things not golf, right? It was for all the stuff he's doing outside of golf or the way he goes about it. That's kind of become, to me, his legacy, which is kind of ironic because he's i mean, he's one of the best players, I mean, going right now. I mean, he might, when it's all said and done, if I don't know if he can stay healthy because it feels like his body could just... If you tell me his back goes out at like 32, I'd believe you. But he could go on a run where it's like whenever he retires. Remember when Bryson DeChambeau won five majors in four years? He turns 27 in September, so it feels like it's coming together right now. Um, and this course was interesting, right, because he really were there basically three holes where he could unload his driver, right? It really wasn't even built for the new Bryson. Well, it's, um, a, it's a tight course. That's part of the deal. Like, you don't want to miss the fairways. A lot of these guys are hitting irons. He didn't care. I mean, he felt like every time I saw him, he was hitting drivers off holes that no one else. I mean, Gary Woodland and Xander hitting five irons, and he's just like, woof. So he actually, for Harding Park, where you and I both played again recently, uh, he's plus 2,500 at mybookie.ag to win the PGA Championship, which is August 6th. Um, that's longer odds than – I actually like – Tiger there too, but Kepka's plus fourteen, Dustin's plus fourteen, Rory's plus eight hundred, Tiger's plus twenty two, uh, Justin Thomas plus twelve, John Rahm plus fourteen hundred. So our review, and you're the far better golfer, golf expert than me, but I think everyone will miss fairways there. Remember, we we played there last year and then played there again recently, and. Fair to say you came away feeling like it's going to be a lot harder than you thought it was going to be when we played it last year? Yeah, because the rough is outrageous. I think his strength in the rough and the fact that he shouldn't have to go as far as most guys will just given his driver out of the rough will work in his advantage at Harding Park. So I like him there, but... I I, I might put a couple hundred dollar bet on that guy Uh, because I think you're dead on. He has... Everyone was rusty. Did you see he said like when he finished... Like, yeah, I really didn't play 18 holes. Now, he's notorious. Like, he's not a huge golf player. He's, like, a practicer. So, it kind of sounded a lot crazier than it actually is. Like, I think normally he just He's taken as many swings. Yeah, probably more swings. Yeah, he's – but everyone was kind of rusty. He's kind of playing a different game, guy. Like, I, I'm watching him going, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, he's firing it past these guys that hit bombs. And he's hitting – he's carrying the ball 340 yards. So he's going to gain, if he does hit the fairway, kind of like a three-pointer. If you do that and you hit the fairway, instead of hitting it 300, hit four fairways out of six. If you hit three fairways out of six, but those three are all 40 yards past the guy and you have a short wedge, he's going to score. You know, And Harding Park is not that long. I, I just feel like he's got, it'd be the equivalent of being faster than everyone in the NFL or being able to shoot threes. And he has a distinct advantage for a team, for a tour that probably never hit it longer. Right. As the whole, he is dramatically longer right now than everybody. He, he look, kind of looks like a, uh, you know, an early 2000 major league baseball player. And, he doesn't look <laughs> like anyone else. And he's pretty good with his, with his wedges. Well, too, right? that's, well, he's an elite player before he did the protein lifting elite, right? He's, He's on the President's Cup. He's one of the best players in the world. And then he adds weight. He's still good. Like, he's hitting his irons good. He putts. He's fucking hitting his driver 350 yards. He's swinging out of his shoes. How about, did you see uh, Sean on Twitter? Sean Matson on Twitter tweeted at us. 
He's the one that said he looks like Richie Incognito. <laughs> he kind of, I mean, how much, if you just eyeballed him, what would you say he weighs? 250? Yeah. Because you've two, walked by him I, I before. He He's like a pretty big guy, right? Yeah, I've talked to him. Uh, but that was like, he had a big, he had a big ago. frame on him. Right though. Right. Is he yes. like six, one, six, two? Yes. He's, th- I mean, you look at him, you can see that he can add weight, right? Like if you had looked at him a year ago, you would have said, okay, he can get bigger. Like it, it here's what he I do. Wears it. And maybe because the way he swings the torque, you know, it's kind of like straight up and down, not as crazy as some of these other guys that come way behind their head. And I'm not some swing expert. Every time I watch him, I feel like, is he going to blow out his back? Like his hamstring going to pop? The, the the montage, like the PJ Tour just tweeted out of his drives. I don't think I've ever seen a player, and I've been watching golf for 25 years. If you go back to watch like early, early Tiger, I think he swung as hard as any human's ever swung. Like Tiger was swinging out of his yeah, ass. Yeah. I feel like Bryson is swinging harder. And, and like, well, because I wonder he's like what actively ti- thinking about swinging really hard. I feel like Tiger's just rotation was quicker. But these exit yeah, velocities more, are like he, he was he was more he was more like fluid too. Like Bryson is just he, he feels like one of those guys I scouted in the NFL that was really really stiff but really really powerful. So and that's just he's just really really powerful right now. Like he just looks dramatically bigger than all these guys. And it usually like that's not you know who knows if it's going to work. I mean it did work right. I mean it, it's working. <laughs> It just worked. I just saw him play. He, was, he looked unreal. He's hitting insane shots. Part of the reason he's hitting insane shots, he, he's just hitting it, I mean, so far. So even the one, like, at the last hole went on 18. Now, granted, Nick Faldo's, they got seven of their announcers are, like, in different states. It's like, oh, he's screwed. And then he actually wasn't. He was fine. And then, because he just, he's so powerful, he hits it right out of the rough. I, I find him fascinating. Yeah. I, I really do. He's actually pretty good for golf. To me, He's the awesome. added weight even makes him a bigger, sweeter character. Yep. And this was a great tournament, and it didn't have Tiger in it. I mean, it did have Spieth for a couple of days. It had Harold Varner, which was great. Um, Justin Thomas. Was Kepka there? Yeah, he was there. He didn't do much. I feel like I didn't see him at all. Yeah, he. I think he finished like six hundred. DJ so missed the just, cut. Yeah, I mean, guy, he told he well, he told one of the one of the guys, Colin, whoever was following him. He's like, yeah, I didn't do anything over the break. And unlike Kepka, I tweeted this out. Kepka plays that where he doesn't do that. I fully believe DJ. Yeah. Like, do you think he worked that hard over the last three months? No. Beside the the round he played with the the Taylor Bay guys, no. And I don't even think he's bragging or anything. He's like, yeah, I didn't do much. I didn't. Like, really, I just think he's just a- answering the question. There were some guys too. I don't know what this week because we got another tournament coming up now. Uh, what is this? The R R R B C. Yeah, the one at Hilton Head. So actually, Hilton Head's a cool course. Um, South Carolina. That and you. I think you first mentioned this to me, and then I happened to listen to the. I listened to the No Laying Up podcast after you mentioned it to me, but. That like the Corn Ferry event they had this week had a bunch of PGA guys that were not in this tournament were able to play in the Corn Ferry, um, so I think they had some pretty high level golf. Well, I, I think one of the things with the PGA Tour, because unlike other sports, you only get paid one. You got to make the cut to even get money, but you got to play in tournaments to get cash. Well, the three months of wiping out tournaments. I think they said Nance was like, yeah, uh, Gary Woodland told us of the next 13 events he plans on playing in 10 or 11. I I think a lot of these top guys are just going to play in a lot of them because you look at the FedEx Cup standings where really for those guys have the opportunity to make huge money. You know, Haberman once famously, I don't know if you ever heard of it, Tiger Woods won the Tour Championship. You get there, you you not only have the chance to win $10 but if you just place, right, if you finish like fourth, you get huge cash. The the Cup standings – are a bunch of random guys right now. Well, that's clearly going to change over the next, I'd say, month. Yeah. Just look at the leaderboard. I mean, it's all the sweet guys. They're going to come storming, but you got to play. I, I think we're going to see every time you look up at a weekend, even if Tiger's not playing and he's not playing again this weekend, uh, he clearly doesn't care that much about the money like some of these guys. Uh, 
is you're just going to have stacked fields. And like you said, like the, the corn fairy is going to have guys that typically would play in probably half of these events. Well, the number on this one, right, was it's never had more than two of the top, whatever, 10, 10 players. players. And this, yeah. this year it had all top five guys, the, the yeah. colonial. So, um, all right, Lamar. Lamar on the beach. It's the craziest video I've ever seen for a guy that almost ruined his entire career. If you haven't seen it, and we put it on YouTube, it's easy to find. But he, like, first of all, it's a Nerf football. Some guy in pants doesn't even count five Mississippis, clearly, and is able to rush. Between Lamar, the, goes by that, Lamar goes by that guy with his eyes closed. How about between <laughs> the dunes and the water? How wide is the field? Like 15, 20 yards? Yeah, it's not very wide. So Someone tweeted at me, like, of course – Run first guy, you know, not going to pass. <laughs> but then you watch him run around. Do you ever blame him for running? Like, you just look at him on the sand. I mean, he's just flying well, he's by guys. he's catching up to his receivers and running by them. And then does he well, – I think about – And then he, he – basic the, the point, if you haven't seen it, is he goes flying into a jet ski, which is, like, beached. <laughs> Did it look like the guy shoved him or he trips? So, I'm watching this several times. It's hard to tell. Uh he kind of – I don't think the guy touches him. I think he jumps and ends up going head over heels. He's fine, by the way, but it looked what, very what, what, I, what I wonder what was happening right here is he thought he could score. And then the guy cut off his lane, right? And then he realized the jet ski's right there. So his only option, he wasn't going to go through the guy. The jet ski was in his way. He had to leap over the jet ski just to avoid a disaster of running into the jet ski. Right. But I have seen – I think Bleacher Report was the first to tweet this out. MMQB tweeted this out. Uh, some other just NFL, Twitter, you know, social media sites tweeted it out. All of them laughy emojis. I don't think this is that funny. Uh, if you, I would imagine the Ravens saw this. were like, oh, my God. I could have, I mean, his ACL, his ankle. We, we had a once, a pro bowler once upon a time, Robert Edwards, Remember, ruined his career yeah. in the sand. The sand is not, I think, part of the reason with sand, and this is always why they make a big deal about field turf and grass, is like the the structure of when you're planning matters for what if the sand had given away and he wasn't able to jump? Like, I'm not trying to overreact here, but this could have been devastating, guy. What if his knee buckled before he hits the Jets? I mean, it's just, it's a lot scarier than I think people just tweeting around LOLs. Right. I, uh, you're right. The jet ski might not even be the most dangerous part of this. It's just the running around on the beach. Now, people do workouts on beach all the time, right? That's part of the deal. But he, like, hits 60 miles. He hits full acceleration. But but you know when the water, how different the, the texture of sand yeah. by no water is kind of loose. Right. And Lamar's making flying by guys. And then once you get where, that, where the, where the kind of weight comes up, gets a little more packed. And then you get where the water is. You just never know. Sometimes there's a hole there. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's soft. Maybe sometimes there's a rock it's deeper than you think. When you jump, does he land on a person? So the, the, when we were texting about this, I texted you. I said I think this would have been the most devastating. This is Lamar Jackson is the most devastating injury an NFL team could suffer. I think even more than Mahomes, um, just because Mahomes, Chiefs have Andy. I believe in Andy more than Greg Roman with. Whoever they're, who's their backup? Who? The Ravens. Somebody kind of good. Uh, RG3. Oh, it's still RG3. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think this, would this be the most devastating injury any NFL team could suffer? Lamar Jackson? I mean, I mean, it's not, well, it's I, not some great take. I mean, he was the MVP. Well, I, Mahomes a better player, but they, their offense is still just an NFL offense, right? With Matt Moore, remember, had to come in last year. I think they beat the Vikings and almost played the Packers, remember, pretty well. This they they have a Lamar Jackson offense, right? It's like when Kaepernick and Greg Roman, like the the offense just completely changed for him. It's why remember they used to rotate all the backup quarterbacks when when Jim Harbaugh was here. It's all these guys you'd never heard of. A lot of Josh Johnson. Yeah, and remember the guy from Sac State, Bethel Thompson. Yeah, McLeod. It's just because it is kind of a distinct offense. I I just don't know what you do. Like I'm sorry, RG three. I. He's not the same. Now, they do have Trace McSorley, but there is a box office element when you have a runner in his prime like this. Not my cup of tea, though I do like this player. 
they would be screwed, guy. They would be in major trouble. Uh, on the YouTube version of this podcast, we're, we've got the video looping. So I've watched it now on this loop and even before, you know, 25, 35 times. I didn't realize he was wearing flip-flops. Is he wearing flip-flops? I think he is because I saw one. Yeah, he is because one comes flying off when he takes off running. And do they have a first down stick? Is that stick right there a first down or the line of scrimmage maybe? I think that – is he the all-time quarterback in this well, game? Yeah, I mean, has to be, right? <laughs> but all-time quarterback can't run. All right, well, now when you got Lamar, you just – you just instincts, baby. Oh. Can you imagine, like, yeah, what would you guys do this weekend? Oh, we just played some pickup football. Uh, me and my buddy, I don't know, Lamar. Lamar Jackson, MVP of the NFL. <laughs> like, you just playing pickup football. It was just how, how do you have any chance that guy – I think there's one guy. probably thought, like, he was going to bat the ball. Lamar just goes right around him. There's always one other guy that wants to play quarterback too, but everyone's like, I, I think here's a hot take for quarterback. you. And this is, I mean, not even a take. I think most humans would agree. Is there a chance pound for pound top five athlete in America right now? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Giannis probably like LeBron, you know, you probably maybe an NFL type guy. I'd have to think. McCaffrey I mean, definitely yeah I'd say Lamar's probably faster yeah McCaffrey'd be right up there McCaffrey probably get the edge for 50 50 year old De- 55 year old Deion Sanders you see his son working out with Brady yeah uh, again I'm not trying to diminish a young kid I saw he tweeted something about his kid so I was like okay anyway he has all these offers you go to an Instagram page you ever end up on an Instagram page of a highly touted recruit yeah it's pretty outrageous. And I don't blame the kid for doing it. I can't even imagine what it's like being in that shoes, especially when Prime's your dad. I watched him, and I just went, and again, I, I wasn't trying. I just went open-minded, just watched the guy, the ball kind of come out of his mind. You know, just former scout, kind of have a decent idea what it looks like. I didn't think he looked that great as a player, like just as a thrower. But the offers, the go to his rival page are outrageous, and he'll show you on his Instagram that, you know, every coach in the country, but I don't know. I just, I, I didn't quite see it again. Just a couple minute YouTube. I didn't spend that much time on it. Okay. Here we go. I got some video. I clearly, he's a highly touted guy. I, you just wonder, I just remember at Fresno state and even going into colleges when I scouted, they'll tell you, yeah, you know, we, we took this guy, but there was so much hype on him. I think it happens sometimes with draft prospects, just a hype on a player, even though you're like, you know, we didn't love him. I think it happens sometimes with kids when they either have a super famous dad. And again, this guy's a division one player. I just, when I watched him throw, I was like, you know, I, is this guy going to be like the number one overall pick? Cause he's being offered by everyone in the country. And you got Dion. I saw one clip where Dion was like, he threw a touchdown or no, it was before the game. And he's like, you're going to ball son. That's what we do in this family. That's what the Sanders do. You know, just the, the ego from the dad. You know, it's not like the dad's doing anything to quell the uh, the thought process from the kid of the future of his career, right? Dion's, if anything, quadrupling down on the ceiling is the roof for his son. Got Brady instruction, though. He Where did. are they? Just like a, a high school, right? I think it's it might be Dion's high school. I think it's probably in that area. Straz Family Fieldhouse is the arena. The I mean, hell, it, it might, it might. Is that Dion's? Didn't he create a? Prime uh, but that's in Dallas, isn't it? That's in Dallas. Um, I think this is in Florida. All right, Lamar, just stay healthy. And like you said, the reaction should not be LOL, because that's not uh, John Harbaugh's reaction. No. Would you? Uh, would you take the Buckeye pledge, John? The uh, football players at Ohio State apparently have been um, handed something when they return for voluntary workouts called the Buckeye pledge. Buckeye pledge sounds like you know, stay local, stay uh, stay loyal to Ohio State. But the Buckeye pledge is actually don't sue us if you get COVID. You know what? You know what? When you say Buckeye pledge, I think it's like uh, we will not drink Monday through Friday. Exactly. Right. We will not have sex the night before games or it's just something like athletes do totally. like some pledge that's a little ridiculous but just something that kind of binds everyone together I will together. stay we'll off probably, Instagram for three weeks yeah we will not tweet during the season 
I'm at the point now, guy. I I'm not nervous, but I, I my antennas are up. I've just seen some players at different at Auburn, at Alabama. I saw Houston send anyone everyone home. I, I do think college football, and they're kind of ahead of the NFL in the sense that they've had players report. We'll have some pack. Like some N- Pac-12 teams are coming back Monday the fifteenth. So the the NFL has not had one group of players report. So we have no clue once they start working out in football. I mean, in college football, they have in the SEC. They're all back. Obviously, Ohio State. And I, I just I don't know, man. I, I'm starting to get a little nervous. I, I think football. I think the NFL will find a way. I, I don't know, but college football might be a little more complicated than even I first thought. And when I when yeah. I see things like this, you just go, wow. Not not even much about the pledge, which is kind of funny, but also kind of ridiculous. And I would imagine most kids are just going to sign it, whatever they want to play. But just what happens if guys just do get it and you got to quarantine them? What happens when guys get it during season? What happens if it's like Trevor Lawrence, you know, or a big time player? You know, it just it could obviously have a huge impact on the season. But how? Or it's a co- an older coach. Yeah, I, I guess you can contain it a little bit but once you these guys aren't really starting to practice yet like hitting and touching and sweating now I, I saw a buddy texted me like the gyms in fresno are opening so a lot of gyms all over the country are opening so i guess we're gonna find out not just countrywide but just with football for sure yeah but these are people where you are if you're testing guys regularly you're gonna get tests on the asymptomatic right whereas if you and I are going to a gym, we might get it. If we don't show a symptom, we might not get a test. If someone near us doesn't get sick, we might. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to know with college football players who's getting it because they're just getting tested constantly. Well, th- right. that was one thing I did read about Houston. They didn't test anyone when they got there. So that that was kind of like they screwed that up. But, ha- like but how, it's like how can we've been planning for this for months? And the one thing well, everyone agreed on is, okay, so we're going to do the test when they show up, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, well, like I went to Napa this weekend, went to a pool on Saturday, mm. and they check your temperature when you get in there. And, you know, they got social distancing, everyone kind of a, kind of, not actually not really, but because you could swim, but, and then the dinners, the bars, or, bars were open, but they had distancing between seats. You could sit with someone else or whoever you came in with, but the next group was far. But every single place in Napa that I went Temperature to the head. And I, I had never been... I guess one was temperature of the wrist, other was temperature of the head. And I, I I would think college football are doing a little... are getting more aggressive. Like, I saw Mac Brown, North Carolina must have reported on uh, Friday. And it was like a montage of all the players, you know, giving like thumbs up as they're walking with their mask and just some thumbs up. And coaches like doing some of these. And then it in, intermixed was just like in the montage was Mac Brown... Getting like a Q-tip shoved down his nose. I'm like, oh. I mean, is that – I think that's the way you have to test or the mouth swab. Yeah. But there is an expense level to this that the big boys won't have a problem with. But Fresno State or whoever, like it's got to be pretty expensive for some of the non-power Yeah, especially if you're right? getting, I think, the faster – the tests that give you results faster. Those are more expensive. I, I read some protocols like what LSU is going to do. And I, I bet Alabama's the same. They have just so many resources that m- money is unlimited. But every doctor will be there first if they need them. It's just, it's not, that to me is what I'm fascinated. The, the Power Five, not all Power Five programs are equal, right? right. Anything Ed or Nick or Dabo or Ryan Day, whatever they're going to need, they're going to have access to. That's where back to Houston or let's say Fresno State or whatever, who knows? Like it might be a little more. You just might run out of money, and then there's the element of like, well, do you got to do it for if the girls' team comes back? Because you can get expensive fast. Yeah, I do know this. No matter how expensive it is, if you play football, you'll make that money back to some degree, right? Well, that, like that, it's worth. That's why money. they're desperate to play. Yeah. But I'm with you. I what, to, what would you put your confidence meter at? College football going off week one as planned right now. Because I'll tell you this, uh, mine is way below 100%. Yeah, I mean, 60? Slightly, I mean, a little above 50? Yeah. Because, I would mostly be, because they need to so badly, but... 
could just get weird fast. Yeah. You already kind of see it. I know. You know, I'm once the you. workouts, they haven't even started playing or practicing. I know. Uh, and it's just, and you know, you've been in these facilities, and I've talked about this with the NFL. I think sometimes, now maybe Alabama is just unlimited room, but a lot of these programs, like the meeting room for the wide receivers, is not just super big, right? right. Like where the quarterbacks meet. It's used to having six or seven guys in there. It's not huge. I think sometimes you're like, the San Francisco 49ers, and college is like this too. You just think unlimited room, billion dollar company, every. Well, it's like you start going to their facility. You're like, we've eaten the cafeteria there. It's not that big. That's right. What do you do? Do you allow everyone just to you make individual meals for people? Yeah, you might. I've seen some of them are doing that where you don't. It's all your meals are to go. Not a buffet style. Yeah, and all your meals are to go. I give you a box with two cheeseburgers, fries, and a salad or whatever. Sounds like what I had in the last uh, 13 hours. Sounds fantastic. Actually, it was one and a half hamburgers and fries. Where'd you get it? You make it Perry's. or you go get it? Pretty good? Yeah, I love their burger. I love their patty because it's thick. And they give you a lot of fries. It sounds fantastic. Uh, all right, Camp I Jimmy. Need lay, I need to lay off the fried food. I, well, I've you're, you're pool John now, you know? Well, pool I'm time. lobster John. My entire back's red. <laughs> uh, Camp Jimmy, John, to borrow from, uh, as Barrows wrote, Camp Alex. The old Alex Smith. This is at the San Jose State. Jimmy Garoppolo running around. They're doing Zoom meetings in the morning. They eat lunch at their respect. They do the Zooms at their homes. And then they go drive to San Jose State and throw the football around. It's actually, they've pivoted as well as possible from not being able to have OTAs. That if you can just corral all the guys. Brandon Ayuk's fully healthy, Barrows wrote. Jalen Hurd's back is healthy. He's out there running. So you can just install the offense, and then you go practice. Like, given the circumstances, I don't think you could ask for anything more. And maybe they'd set it up this way, clearly. I mean, they, they had done it before. Though, now that Joe's gone, I mean, was anyone even around for that? I guess Parag was, but most people, in the, the coaches and players weren't. You know, you, what you install, you, you put it on the field. I think it's huge to me, less for like Debo and Kittle. I don't even know if Kittle's there, but for Ayuk and Jalen Hurd, who I think are going to be counted on this year, need to know what's going on, especially Ayuk. Like, he's going to be a starter. Like, you just – and to get the timing with the quarterback. One thing uh, Jimmy – Barrows talked to Jimmy afterwards – and Garoppolo said, you can tell when you're calling a play, you look in a guy's eyes and you know if he's taking it in or if it's like, what the hell is this guy saying? And he was engaged. He was locked in. He was a fun guy to be around, too, talking about Ayuk. Um, just all the kind of nonverbal communication, just to get a feel for a guy. Like, I heard I was in the car on um, Friday morning and Alden Smith was on NFL radio. And Alden Smith was on the radio. Alden Smith was on NFL radio. <laughs> wow, that's a good get. And they asked him, like, "What are the Zoom meetings been like?" Because obviously, you have you have a reputation, and so you're in these Zoom meetings. You're meeting all these people for the first time, but you're not really meeting them. And Alden was like, "Yeah, it's been it's kind of a different experience. I mean, it's just." It's just different. Like, at first they thought, is he not paying attention? And then I realized he, he is engaged. It's just, it's hard for him to describe kind of, it is just weird. Well, you're meeting all these, you know some of them, but most of your new teammates who don't really make Look at you like the guy that basically got kicked out of the league. And here you're just on Zoom, and you don't, you're on the team, but you haven't really done anything that makes you feel like you're part of the team. And um, it was really good insight from Alden. So there's just so much trust that is required especially between a receiver and a quarterback. And if you're Jimmy, you just you are going to have to rely on Ayuk and who knows who else, but definitely you're going to have to rely on Ayuk so much. Well, the one thing that you can do on Zoom that you could not do in a meeting, like if you're whoever and you're at your desk or your house or whatever, how do they know if you have the TV on in the background, right? Or how do you they, you know, they can't see your phone. Like you just you're not allowed to have your phone out in the meeting room. Now you're taking notes and they can look right at you. But still, like you just maybe your girlfriend or wife's walking by or brother or who knows, right? Your roommates, some of these guys are rookies. Just 
there would be an element where you would, and I would imagine most guys, it is their job, they take it seriously, have to go to an area that's quiet yeah. to take that two well, hours this, in. Cause, this is me in the meeting, John, right now, watching Tommy Boy. See, it's just pot. It's just how would you know? Now I see. I would I'm know looking. that you're not looking. I would just turn, yeah. but I would obviously just turn the computer and just. Does this look like I'm looking at you? Uh, no, I can tell. No. How about this? Now here's the thing: if you're a veteran guy, let's say you're just whoever, ten year vet, been on the team for five years, same coach. You go, you know, OTAs like you're just we're reinstalling everything we do. Like I, I know the offense or the defense. You could say there's. I would understand an older guy getting a little bored with the minutia in this setting. Because it's one thing when you're there and you're on the field and it's just you're in the swing of things. It's another thing when you're just like, you're Richard Sherman. Like, yeah, I've been running this defense for 10 years. <laughs> Richard, you know, you get to your landmark there. You're like, yeah, I know. Seven yards. I got it. I've been doing it now a little while. How about? And who knows? Maybe they... I don't know. You can't like have a Zoom where you just let some guys off and some guys not off, or maybe you can. I, it, it, there probably was a balancing act for some of these coaches of just maybe just get the rookies and do a separate one just so you can kind of talk to them in dummy terms because there's a reason you do rookie minicamp right before, and this is where it's huge for Brandon Ayuk just to be there with Jimmy. Yeah. Right. He's in the meetings, and then Jimmy can just talk him out, and he can just kind of get in the flow of things. Like I, I would say that Camp Jimmy. Because Jalen Hurd did hurt his back after he had been through the OTAs. Now, the OTAs, right, he was hurt huh? last year. They drafted him injured. He was only healthy when they came back for training camp. Yeah, because he, so he didn't he play in, like, the too. first preseason game. Yeah, and then the back thing happened. But remember when we went to, like, a OTA, he was, like, on the sideline? Yeah. And we just remember seeing him, like, this guy's enormous. Well, I guess there's also the possibility – I didn't catch this the first time I went to Matt's article, but third paragraph from the bottom, like, halfway through the paragraph, there might be a Camp CJ – do you see this? That there are pl- so Garoppolo said he's organizing a bigger session next week. There's also plans to have a similar 49ers players run practice in Nashville, where there's a big contingent of Niners that includes CJ Beathard, Trent Taylor, George Kittle, uh, Jennings, the wideout from uh, Tennessee, is that Ju- uh, Juwan Jennings is in there? The, yeah. So, which isn't crazy. I mean, that's Nashville. George Kittle live in Nashville? There's no taxes. I don't know what Kittle's doing in Nashville. Does he? Yeah, probably. I'd move there if I was one of those guys, too. I mean, no taxes. Really cool. Uh, Relaxed. Yeah. A lot of live music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say it'd be a pretty fun place to live. A little better than uh, Mountain View? I guess it's different. Yeah, it's Matthew's different. nice. I mean, I, from what I, I'm told. I, when you first said that, I was like, God, is there a splinter? What, what's going on here? And then you just realized there is logistics too. Because I read, and I think we've Team talked Beathard. about this before, like the the Bills, you have to do different Zoom times. Like not, because you couldn't do a Zoom time if you're an East Coast team at 8 a.m. if half your guys live in California, right? Or the West Coast or Arizona. It, it probably was a little more complicated and a little more time-consuming than I think the way it's talked about. Just the logistics of it? Yeah, just the logistics of it, the effort going to get everything connected. It, it probably took a lot more time. Now, once they started doing it, it might have been seamless. But just figuring it all out probably didn't just happen in the snap of a finger. Oh, yeah, just get everyone on Zoom. Like, that's right. not really how football works. Right. You know, you have a lot of humans, right? Yeah. Who's setting up the emails to send it? Like, you just sent me – if we're on a Zoom – Imagine doing the link for 90 guys like Kyle ain't doing that link, right? No. Administrative assistance all over that link. Yeah. And this is where I think Frank Reich, before the draft, once it was pretty clear that the virtual OTA was going to happen, he said his quality control guy, he told him this, you got to become a master in Zoom. Right, that's right. And the guy was lucky that, remember, he was like a 28-year-old quality control guy that has like a – technological degree. That was the guy running the draft played. from like his parents' home and wherever he was, yeah, Bossier, Shreveport, Louisiana or something. Exactly. But that guy, you might get a huge, like in seven years, like three or four head coaches, like, you know, I really made my mark in the technological age yeah. when, you know, uh, Coach Belichick or Pete Carroll, he, he, he didn't even have an email address. And we just, I set up the Zoom for everyone. And he just loved me ever since. Because think about this. If you didn't know anything about Zoom, and you were a head coach, and one of your quality control guys was all over it, you would just lean on that guy a lot. Right. Like, you'd be talking to him nonstop. 
hey, what do we need to do? I want to get this picture up with this doesn't look good. How do we get this guy? Like you just be, I bet there's some head coaches talking to whatever young coach or scout or whoever's in charge of this whole deal more than like some of their assistant coaches right now. Yeah. Just constantly yeah. every day. Right. Yeah. Because they all been, been like a, out the ninety like man a TA basically, big time. You couldn't function like you legitimately can't run your team without the guy sending out the links. Is there a chance Belichick does send out the links like nose zoom like the back of his hand? Uh, yeah, yes, he would not. Yes, I mean I bet he's pretty well well versed on Zoom. By now, I mean you would think they all are. Yeah. There's a chance who knows that it's like if stuff gets moved back, you might still have to do it during training. Who knows? You know, just still a lot of unknown, which sucks, but it's just the way the cookie crumbled. Uh, I might go eat a cookie right now. <laughs> on that note, uh, hey, uh, uh, DraftKings app, promo code ham. Yep. MyBookie.ag, promo code ham, and the number one. one. And uh, Get on it. yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com slash ham. All right. Big week. Another golf tournament. Look for our next uh, DraftKings game there and uh, get in early on your, you, you want to get that Bryson bet down before he wins this week in Hawaii. Good point. No tiger. No. All right. Godspeed. Later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.